Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm wound up, baby. Yes. <laughs> and no caffeine yet. <laughs> yes, running at about 120 I'm miles on, an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Look at proof, proof, look. Yeah, what is it you're drinking? LaCroix. Oh, look, look, yeah, LaCroix. La Orange. Oh, okay. Whatever. So, how was your week? My week was good busy um I, when, when i was driving here today and of course getting stuck in the traffic after the after you get off the 81 there are more trucks in this neck of the woods than it's crazy but mm -hmm. i was thinking oh my god it feels like i remember driving down here and i don't know if you noticed when you you get off you go to the turnpike so if yeah. you're coming off 81 getting off the exit there's this like area that's all wooded and there's this looks like big heavy plastic around a whole bunch of trees and then it looks like someone just threw leaves in there i don't know if it was somebody's hut or what and so yes last week i noticed it and of course i was driving again and today i noticed it. i thought oh my god it feels like just 10 minutes ago that i was just saw that and it was <laughs> yes. a week ago yes time just goes by so quickly well yeah i think you need another vacation uh, you do you need a vacation anyway you need a couple days off when you get home just to oh yeah Bring it back down. I, do you know I just cleaned out, just put my luggage away that was on my spare bed opened. Most of the stuff was gone, but I didn't put it, yeah, last okay. night. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Maybe Patrick's stuff is still there. Back in. Yeah. His, from your weekend. Yeah. It's still in this, yes. It's still sitting there, but, you know, it's obviously it's stuff he doesn't really need or we would be getting it out, but... No, he doesn't. Well, you know, you got to take your time. Yeah. But you know, we did see the illusionist at the con at the. Well, you told the, me, uh, and you said it was one of your center. favorites. It really was because I love magic, yeah. and I love anything that makes your mind you, where you're trying to figure out. Like I sit there and I'm just seeing how. Where are those cards coming from? How did they do that? How, it because it makes my mind work mm -hmm. that's and then so if that's going you can't really be bored or you can't you just you're just using your mind to, to figure it out and it was very 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 interesting i don't know how the heck they did this stuff it was amazing that's the magic. they knew names of people in the audience they what knew, yes they knew last names of people's mothers i mean and these people were not i knew some of the people on the that they picked on this uh from the audience wow it was bizarre and he called himself he would the one guy was my favorite he was called the deductionist so guess who he was dressed like sherlock holmes so <laughs> it was it, he was my favorite of all you know i think pat would really have liked that because sherlock holmes is one of his favorite yes, people yes yes yeah. this it was um it was this scottish guy with a heavy scottish accent and uh but everyone in the whole play was wonderful 
the whole show, I should say. And then we went to Russell's. I went with Mary Jean Dixon and her husband, Steve, who Mary Jean um, is the... uh, um, queen of queens at Broadway Theater who when you call you get and she does all uh-huh. of the ticketing and she's the ticket coordinator and everything else over there um, because Frank counts on her for everything. She's wonderful. Mary Jean and I used to work at the Third National Bank for years and then she retired out of Wells Fargo and I kind of pulled her back into the work world and uh, she's one of my best friends and so she she was with us and her husband and we went, Meyer and I, we went to Russell's mm-hmm. afterwards which was great and we had a great time because you know kind of these other continuation of Meyer's birthday, the, the the little dinners you have with pockets of friends. So that's what we're doing. So that was Saturday we, night, That was right? Saturday night. Yep. We had a yeah. really good time. So we have another one coming up, don't we, Pippin? Yep. Is Pippin is the last one. Yep. May yeah. 5th, 6th, and 7th. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. the seri- the season is over already. I know. I know. That was really fast. Ugh, it always it really goes. Was. And no, no word yet on what the season will be yet next year. They don't have that well, given to us yet, I might so. add, you know, that um, Hamilton is now a road Yeah, well, wouldn't company. we love it? <laughs> that would be wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except I don't know that you can afford it, but, you know, whatever. You know, there are a lot of plays on Broadway right now that I see, if I'm watching... You know, Sunday morning or whatever you just and I think oh I have to go and see it I have and then I forget the name and then um, but wow. there's so many that are good right now yeah there are. are some really great plays maybe we'll have to do that take a trip to NYC no yeah well we'll try Lynn yeah Frank Blasey just saw Hello Dolly and I forget who they told said was oh Bette Midler was Bette in Midler? Yeah, yes I didn't know she was up front yeah so oh, wow. I didn't ask him how it went, but um, of course that show was great. But yeah, could you imagine her? She's perfect for that role, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she is. She, yep. When I think of it, yeah, she yeah. really is. So that's it on the Broadway news. And of course you're listening to us on Saturday. So the next day we will be having the evening of fine food and wine at the Cultural Center on the 30th. Mm-hmm. There, you know, you if you hear this and you have any interest, you might be able to get a ticket or two. I'm not sure what the numbers are today, but you can call 344-1111. That's the box office and um, see if there's anything available. But it's going to be a great night as it always is. So it's the 17th in a row. I think some people really would also be interested in knowing that the wannabes are going to be there to entertain and that evening. And they are phenomenal. And they're a great group. I, Mark Montella graduated high school with me. Okay. And so he's a big, you know, Lynn, did it, did it, West Side. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, they, at the end, it, it just makes the whole, because you're eating and drinking and mingling and networking and talking and laughing, and then you come down in this music, and it just keeps you going. So, is, that a, is that a big fundraiser? That's the biggest for the year that they have, yes. Okay. Well, actually, they now have a new one, their 100 for 100, which, of course, you know all about. I know very well. Yes, you know all. And, and so that's coming up in October. That seems to be, you know, really growing. I don't know who, which one actually makes more money, but, but that one is really edging its way up, becoming, it was first, the first one, and very popular. Of course, you're going to love it because you think you're going to win every year. Well, I don't know if prior winners are allowed to. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? Sure they are. <laughs> so, um, okay. but yeah, good stuff is happening. Right. Um, and um, the other thing is I'm working on, too, with Hospice of the Sacred Heart. Um, we're having a um, camp for kids in the summer for bereaved children. That's coming up, and that's going to be really neat. Where? It's an arts camp. It's going to be held at the center. Okay. Um, at the uh, is the hospice center. And um, so it's that's a 
a good one. That's in, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, meaning good in the sense that the, the, what, what the children will be offered are, is wonderful. So we're planning all that and just working with the arts and getting these artists to work with us is great. So we're happy about that. So there's a lot happening. That's good. Well, I uh, have a story that I'd like to... We have time for that. Yes, we do. We do. All right, so here's the story. Alyssa is a 59-year-old woman who married uh, to a now-retired senior systems analyst. That was wrong. Who married? (laughs) That too. (laughs) Who married? All right. He was fortunate to be offered an early-out package from his Fortune 500 company employer, and it was too good to pass up. Alyssa is struggling with a decision to stay on with her employer for another three years until she's able to collect Social Security retirement benefits or retire now. She knows she could take her Social Security benefits at age 62, but wonders if that's a good idea to do so. She's also very concerned that being retired along with her husband would be very difficult on their marriage. He's a compulsive busybody who has many projects going on in their house. A new sidewalk from the garage to the front door, a retractable awning over their back patio, a storage system he has to build in the garage, and a host of other smaller tasks he wants to complete. She, on the other hand, has no interest in being around the house when she retires. She wants to take the time to travel and visit friends she hasn't seen in years. Day trips and volunteering at the local animal shelter would keep her very, very happy and content. Her husband has no interest in either of those things. If she works and uses the Social Security thing as an excuse, she feels she can convince him she needs to do so so the retirement nest egg will grow for the next three years. She knows she will have three years to work on getting him to spend some time with her, traveling and visiting their friends, but she knows it would destroy them both if she retired now. She wondered if a visit to see me would help her justify her financial reasons to work for three more years. I asked her to come into my office with copies of all the investments they had, including her husband's. She said it would take her some time and some sleuthing to get Mm -hmm. them. When, When she did come in, it was obvious they could both afford to retire now and take some grand vacations. So her subterfuge was soon to be exposed. I asked her if the only reason she was avoiding retirement was because she did not feel she could tolerate the project man and his unending stream of incomplete tasks around the house. Or was it that she wanted a companion to go on vacations and day trips? She said she didn't really look at that before and realized it was not that she wanted to avoid her husband or being at home, but that she would love to find somebody to travel with. I suggested she take a look at a local group of people organized by a local hospital for those over the age of 55 who occasionally plan cruises and day trips. She did join the group and found a whole new set of friends who she really liked and were willing to try 
a day trip with them to see how she might enjoy their company. Interestingly, when she told her husband about the group, he said he'd like to attend a meeting and was intrigued by some of the larger extended educational trips they had planned. Alyssa went to see the HR director the next week and told them of her plans to retire on her employment anniversary next spring. Then she and her husband signed up for the next trip to the wine country in New York State this fall. Things are looking good for Alyssa and her project ban. The end. I love it. Love it. I thought you were a project man. Why were you staring at me? <laughs> but you know what, though? Uh, that is so usual, I think, yeah, is I that two people don't want to do the same thing when they no longer have to work. And they never talk about it until no, that until point. you realize. Assuming you that, just assume, yeah. One assumes the other's going to be fine yes. with their decision, and right. it's not going to happen. Nope. Not good. It's we need scary. to have some conversations. It, yeah, so start. Yeah. Do, do you tell people when you meet them early on to yes. do that? Yes. I ask them when we go through the retirement planning. It says not just about the money. It's not about the money. The money only lets you know whether or not you, you can, can do afford it. to yeah. do it. But the question is, what are you going to do with 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year if you don't have anything to do? Because people always talk about getting to that point, but then they don't think about what are they going to do from that point forward. Mm -hmm. So usually the conversation is about, well, all right, let's take a look at things and say, what do you want to do? If you had that kind of free time in front of you, how would you fill your week? And that's where we really come up with some very interesting conversations. Because the husband might say to the wife, well, I didn't know that you really wanted to do that, and vice versa. Yeah. And then, then it becomes compromise. Well, let's talk about doing this. I really want to travel, so why don't we take a couple trips a year? And you know, if you want to go to do something else, I'm very happy with that. I'll go with my friends. So it's a way of working it out. But you really, you have to talk about it because it's dangerous to get to that point where you've got the money piece of it put together, but you have no idea what you're going to do in retirement. Yeah, and and that that not having to not having an alarm go off, not having to run, not having to do what you want to, doesn't it only lasts that feeling doesn't for the most part. I only know a handful of people, and not even a whole hand of people who have told me they don't care, they they love it, they don't want to work ever again. They actually Mary Jean, who we talked about earlier, she was one of those people. Oh no no, and now she absolutely loves what she exactly. does, but she didn't think she wanted to do something else. Well, so. But no. her husband isn't retired yet either. But well, anyway. we also call that the the honeymoon period where people do yeah. that thing, and then after that's over, then they're, they're bored. Like, exactly. exactly. All right. Well, we're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now back to Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. We're back. We're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm at Clark Summit. And I'm also the author of a book, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Yeah. And why I'm and I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And why I was laughing is how about yesterday when we were with Dan Simrel and and, and um, Randy and we were talking. And you said 
I said, fear-free finances for baby boomer women. He's like, what? Like, because you, you did available. available. <laughs> well, you know, you hear that in your sleep. I, I know. know. I know. It's repetitive. Okay. So that's how it So works. you didn't say who you are. I did. I just said it I, first. I just said I'm Lori Cadden. <sighs> all right. Well, that's all right. But hey, we have, I know you love quizzes. I do. All right. So this is not necessarily. Only if I do well but, in But it's them. not a right or wrong one. It's okay. not a right or wrong. It's actually to determine your money personality yeah what did i tell you i have i know walk that's but that's that's not the I'm those kidding. aren't the choices the song <laughs> so here's the thing there are a whole bunch of things maybe about 20 of them <gasps> that um we talk about your perception of things and you say to me this is definitely something that reflects me or if it doesn't we just ignore it so when we look at all of them and I add them all up, I can find out what personality is most relevant to who you are. Okay. You ready? Okay. I like this first one. I understand the difference between what I want and what I need. No. <laughs> That's, no one would say that about you. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I rely mainly on my instincts when making purchases. Instincts like what does that like mean? I thought, like, I thought this this is a good deal. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I never return from shopping without having bought something. No. Okay. If I like something, I buy it. I make purchase decisions quickly. Yes. All right. I don't keep track of how much money I have. No, I do. Okay. I, lo- I like to have the newest and most up-to-date things. Sometimes. Now, that's no sometimes. That's yes or no. Well, uh, yes, but I don't always. Like, right. well, like iPhones, I don't get as soon as that stuff, yeah. gadgety things. Some things I do, yeah. I spend little time planning for the future. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I tend to overdo it when buying gifts for family and friends. Uh, sometimes. Budgeting is the last thing I ever want to do. What's a budget? (laughs) (laughs) It's a four-letter word. We know that. Yeah. Um, The reason I want to have a lot of money is not to have to worry about money in the future. Well, that's one reason, but it's not the only. So whatever the answer is. If I won $10 million, I would be most excited about all the things I could buy. Yeah. Okay. And give away. Shopping really <laughs> cheers me up when I'm having a bad day. Yes. All right. Shopping therapy 101. I always stay within my budget. No. Okay. When I go shopping, I plan ahead for the purchases I'll make. No. I don't enjoy spending money. <laughs> Big no. <laughs> I get great joy from helping others. Yes. I do a lot of comparison shopping before buying a big ticket item. Yes. I usually spend money. No, that might be no. I think that's enough. I don't think I do that. I do compare, but I don't make a decision on it. So, yeah. I usually spend money only on things that are important to me. No. I believe everything will work. Money is my last priority. Uh, I do believe things work out, but money's not my last priority. 
All right. So I'll say yes to that one. I get most joy from seeing my friends and family happy. Well, I get most joys out of me being at home. I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> sure. I have items in my closet that still have price tags on. Yes. Okay. I buy the things I want when I want them and worry about paying for them later. Uh, I used to do that sometimes, yeah. Uh, okay. Saving money makes me happy. Yeah. Okay. I would rather have someone else handle my money. No. I have a, no problem going into debt for something I want. Probably true. If I won $10 million, I would be very pleased knowing my future is secure. Yes. If I want something outside my budget, I will save up for it. No. I'm willing to loan money to friends and family in need. Yes. I will pay more for an item if it's by a po popular or high-quality brand. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of the Jim Cadden line. Yeah. <laughs> what, the shirt? Yes. We used to get mad all the time. That's going to jump in and tell you now. Go ahead. If we bought him a Ralph Lauren shirt or something, he would say, I'm not wearing it. Why? It, when Ralph Lauren walks around with the shirt that says Jim Cadden, Jim Cadden will walk around with the shirt that says Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I think that's a great It is line. cute. I love it. Okay, yeah. and the last one is I really enjoy sharing my possessions with others. What does that mean? Well, whatever you want it to mean. Your your stuff. Do no, you enjoy I sharing? like my own stuff. Okay. Like, right. I, I don't want anyone to ruin it. If you're talking like jewelry and stuff, yeah, I'll share it, but I really am possessive about it, so I don't oh, know okay. what the answer is. All right. Now, this is hard to this is hard to put together. Of course. Now, because it's not only that you have yes or no answers, but you also have to give them values. Too much trouble. But well, anyway, you'll tell us next week. Uh, yeah, I could, I could, but I, I'm seeing that most of the stuff really ends up being D's, which means that it's a risk taker. Oh, geez. Tends to have an all or nothing mentality. Tends to see a deal in every transaction, likes to negotiate, no. believes a big potential payoff makes a risk worthwhile, and may become money savvy. The issues are may need some help establishing limits when it comes to financial transactions, may become impatient and gloss over risks and problems, easily bored. Yes, perfect. Yeah, that sounds like that's me, it. too. I'm yeah, the same see? way. Same see? way. Yep, that's the way I look at it. So the other ones are that there's the saver, Ugh. and that's a person who in, takes pride in saving rather than spending, actually enjoys saving, would rather not get the thing than risk paying too much for it, frequently chooses less over more, will spend money but gets more satisfaction for having money left over. It's a great problem to have. Many find it hard to treat oneself or even spend. May have trouble being generous with others. Could miss out on valuable experiences. And then we have the spender. Spender's characteristics are, has no problem spending money, likes to give gifts, spends money as soon as it's available, has a seize the day attitude, tends to see a deal in every transaction, may become money savvy, extra money goes into enjoyment, pleasure, and self-indulgence. 
The issues with that kind of person is they may have trouble saving and controlling debt, may put too much emphasis on status. Self-worth could be based too much on material things. Mm-hmm. And then we had I'm you. I'm glad I wasn't that one. No, no. I thought I would be, though. <laughs> but the risk taker, I think, is more like you. But yeah, anyway. I do too. I like it. That's I cool. Think. Where'd you get? Where do you get these from? Oh, I just find them on the web. I just do some searches, and you this put one in financial up. quizzes, and yeah. they pop up. Money quizzes. Money quizzes. Yeah, that's what I put in there. And this came from a, a wealth management group called Laird Norton. Um, uh, they're in Seattle, Washington. Do you think people really use those things to figure out? Um, what kind of financial person, what kind of money person or not you are? Yeah. Like and before I, they meet or trying to figure out? Not, what? not necessarily before they meet. We do something very similar to that when we first interview prospective clients because what we're trying to do is get a sense of where they are in mm-hmm. those things. But it's not that obvious. It's things like, you know, what did you do? Uh, what did you learn about money when you were a kid? Well, whatever they say is really pretty much what sticks in their minds. So if they say something like, you never buy anything unless you have the cash to pay for it, then I look at what they have as far as their debt and other things and say either they they learned that and rejected it or they learned it and that's who they are. So there's a lot of ways to find out about money personalities by the conversation we have in that first interview. And you think that that is the same as just personality in general? Like you learn from your... No, 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 no. You learn from... It's learned behavior. And so when you grow up, you know, the old line, you do exactly as your parents did or you do the exact opposite. You you think that applies with financial as well, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And do you ever like sit there listening to people and then you feel like like one of those little pop up little things <laughs> cut pop up and you go big capital C H E A P because I I'd be, I'd be sitting there thinking, you chief asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I because that's what well, I think. Really? That's I hate. I want you to know I detest cheap. People, just cheap. I can't stand it. Well, that is something we look for because if we find somebody who feels that way, then we know they're going to constantly be looking at our fees and the and, things that we do uh-huh. and seeing if they're getting their money. And are, they, are those people worth it? No. Really, they're not because no, they're aggravating, that's, aren't that's, they? That's why I find that by the end of that first interview, <laughs> no. I can say, sorry, I don't think this is a fit. Here's what you do. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Don't you come back no more, no more. Hit the roof. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But really, I mean, it's they're out there. They are. And that's, or I will refer them to someone else. <laughs> now it's your But problem. so are you doing that? Is that little, little Absolutely. pop coming up in your head? Absolutely. And, they, and I can tell you, if I'm in there with, with Mary, who's uh, my assistant, who's writing down the answers to the questions, if she hears me say, I'm not sure I think it's a fit, she knows exactly why uh, I'm saying And that. so when she leaves, she turns around and goes, cheap. Uh, no, or old... she said, thank God you oh, told me. Oh, see? Them. Yeah, so sometimes it works like that. Other times, you know, you don't know. And do people change? Like they start no. out not being cheap? They don't. They're, they're right that's... from the get-go, they tell you. Because money is what it's where they're... That's why that's we screen they're... them. To me, that's a screening process. Yeah. Because that is just, we will never win in something like that because we're constantly having to prove our worth to somebody like that. Yeah, that drives me crazy. And that's not And there are people out there who just, they just find it their life's mission to keep drilling it and gnawing it and just going there. Yeah. It's like, you know, tightly wound, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. 
no, with that I kind no of stuff. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Say it, no interest, yeah. Lynn. Okay. No All right, well... We are going to have our next interview with two uh, new guests today from the Country Club of Scranton. We have Mr. Greg Boring and Miss Jessica Simmons, who will be telling you a little bit about, a lot of bit about the... Um, the changes that are going the on brand new and, the and brand improved. new yeah the, the country club of scranton yeah. and we're and a little bit of history i think they have um for us so that's a good thing so we'll be right back you're listening to the laurie and lynn show it's saturday morning with laurie and lynn now back to laurie and lynn good morning good morning how are you wonderful how are you just fine My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. Thank you. So, we are here. Oh, who am I? forgot about me. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. I rarely forget about me, Greg That's and Jessica. That's right. Just you so you know, rarely. I was, I was jumping right into you two. And Greg, I have to tell you, so good to have a man on set, huh? Lynn, since our boy Jeff hasn't been around oh, from yeah. ERA, we're not oh, getting yeah. all these guys coming to join us. <laughs> I know. Guys, listen to us more than women, believe it or not. They should. But you know what the line is? We say, they say it all the time. We want to know how women think. So they listen. So that's smart. A smart man listens. So Greg and Jessica are here from the Scranton, the country club of Scranton. And Greg is the director of the clubhouse and the end grounds operations. And Jess and Greg Boring. And then Jessica Simmons is the event coordinator. So if you've seen in the paper, which I'm sure you have, all of the changes and the things for membership and the new things that are happening at the Scranton Country Club, which, of course, full disclosure, that's where I had my wedding many, 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 many years ago. Now, I'm divorced. That that, that matters, guys. But <laughs> it was a beautiful wedding. It was the place to be when you wanted to have a wedding. And I loved it. We were not members, my family nor my husband at the time, but his uncle was, and they sponsored us, and John Foley. And he, it was, um, it was beautiful. Absolutely. It was a beautiful day day it was in august it was gorgeous so that setting you can't beat the grand entrance rolling up to it the back of it the porch the outdoor pet everything is beautiful it's just so regal so lots of changes greg talk about some of the things that are changing from the membership standpoint well what we're trying to do is change our brand and uh you know, obviously, the Country Club of Scranton has been around since a long, a long time, since 1896. Uh, a lot of people don't know. We started in downtown Scranton near the site of Marywood University and moved to the Clark Summit area uh, in the mid-1920s to late 1920s. I didn't know that. Did you, Lynn? Mm-hmm. I had well, no... Only because he told he me He told that you before, <gasps> as I was late. I never uh, knew. Greg. I never knew. I didn't have any idea. But, well, obvi- I was wondering why it was called Country Club of Scranton if it was in Clark Summit. So that is the that's the reason. That right? is it the reason. It started in Clark in um, Scranton. Wow. Very the clubhouse set very near the athletic field at Marywood University, okay. and uh, we relo- relocated uh, in the mid 1920s to be uh, to be put a larger golf course in and uh, to meet the needs of our uh, to meet the needs of our membership and and that's kind of what we're doing now is trying to meet the needs of our membership golf has changed a lot in the last 10 years um, before it was we were really a golf only 
country club with some dining. And now we are uh, rebranding to where we have become and trying to become a very family-friendly opportunity because we know that in most uh, young families now, uh, men and women both work. Uh, It's an equal partnership. And uh, they just don't have the time now to spend. Uh, so if we can make their life easier by coming to the club for social events, for pool, um, for golf, uh, a lot of people don't have four to five hours to uh, to generate to golf. Uh, to, to golf. And it, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a time-consuming sport. So what we're trying to do is become a vacation spot for our members um, on a annual basis and uh, use the club as, as a... Um, a venue to get away from normal everyday life and uh, and escape and that's what we're here for and that's what we're trying to uh, to do for our membership and we've uh, we've been very successful in the last uh, six to eight months of, of rebranding that tell me because uh, I meant to jump in when you were saying this did they did, was it eight is a full uh, 18 holes in Scranton when it was in Scranton or was it like a hat like nine holes or something it was uh, it was less holes plus it was a much shorter golf yeah. course uh, it was a um, I believe it was 18, but it was a very shorter municipal. Uh, and actually, when they built the new golf course in the late 1920s, it was one of the longest golf courses in the country at that point wow. in time. And it's and I know so many people. I don't play golf, but people who do love that course. So well, it's it's beautiful. The golf course is still uh, what brings most of attention. Uh-huh. Actually, uh, Golf Week magazine last week came out with their top 100. Uh, classical golf courses, and we were ranked 81st in the country and 8th in the state of Pennsylvania. So we are very proud of that, and our membership is very proud of that. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I I know that you're adding, you're looking for younger younger folks, too, I know, which is good, because a lot of times when you're, as you're saying, you're raising a family, you're not often thinking, oh, the first thing I want to do is is a country club. But the thing is, you're right. My, we didn't, and I tease about this with my father, He we put a built-in, a pool in our yard way back in the late 70s. And my father said, see that pool in the backyard? That's your country club. So the point is, that is really what you offer. It's it's a way for families to have what maybe they do have a pool or maybe they don't. But it's a it's a place to go. It's a destination. The pool's great. The I love being outside on the back patio in the beautiful weather when you can dine out there. And everything about just the whole setting, it just makes you feel like you're somewhere else. It takes you to another place. You think, am I really here in Lackawanna County? It's beautiful. We, we have, and in the last year, we've really looked at ourselves. Um, we've we've listened to the membership, and and it's been um, it's been an objective for us to improve and step things up. Uh, people weren't just ten years ago; people were lined up to come to the club, uh, a waiting list. That that's just not uh, reality anymore well, in I country think, club. And Lynn can jump in on this. I think a lot of that had to do with a the the the, the year two thousand and eight. A lot of things uh, changed. That yes. right, yeah. and things became more important. If you want to use that term for people to spend their dollars more mm-hmm. wisely or on things that maybe weren't as what they thought maybe as lavish to do. And now you're again, like you said, listening to the members and making sure that they have that opportunity. Now I'm thrilled about one thing you're offering because I know that you never had a social membership. And for people like me who do not golf, Lynn, you know, we we were just talking about that. It is the best thing. I think the price is great. And the fact that you're going to go somewhere anyway, why not go there when, you know, and, and spend your time and be part of that? The pool, the having events there. I mean, it's it's a great thing. How was that a hard sell to get that social going? 
it it wasn't it was a hard sale, but I think the the board and management at the at the club uh, really did their homework, and they knew um, they they saw what the future brought, and they knew that the um, there wasn't a huge market for golfers in the area, so we knew we had to bring in uh, a social type of event, and to get so people to come to the club a social event, we had to step up our our dining, our food and beverage, our our events, which which Jessica yes, yeah. does a great job with those, and uh, we we're having member sponsored parties. Um, those we've really elevated. We're starting a uh, a babysitting service on certain nights for young couples who have children. They can come up and their children can go upstairs and watch movies and play Xbox, and uh, they can go downstairs and enjoy dinner uh, as a family and and know that their children are being taken care of. And anything that we can do to provide services for our membership. Uh, we're willing to do. And how about, uh, maybe this isn't 100% either yet, um, uh, Greg, but tell me about, um, I think PJ was saying that you're turning a room upstairs into something that you didn't have before as well, some kind of conference area or some some room type such such as that? We are. We're taking one of our upstairs uh, offices that we uh, we're should actually uh, finishing up the renovation this week, and we are making it a uh, a business destination for companies who are looking to to have an event there with audiovisual equipment, um, some elect- that electronic, is great, isn't it? Uh, yeah. um, and then we can offer food and beverage for yeah. them. Yes. Uh, so rather than having it at their office or something, they can come to the club. We can provide everything for them as well as any bit of uh, food and beverage um, suggestion as well. How many do you think it'll hold? Just out of, do you have any idea yet? up to 30 people 30 people that's great lynn that's great because even if you're local you take them off premise and get you get a little bit different vibe and you can be up there get and what a play and like i said when you pull up to that place you you're you're automatically taken to somewhere else i just love the whole that that regal feel of driving it's beautiful so that's such a great thing to offer it has and and uh, I've been in the golf and country club business my entire life. I've had the privilege of working at Oakmont Country Club in Pittsburgh for years. And um, when I first stepped onto the property at, at the Country Club of Scranton 12 years ago, I just got that same yeah. feeling. It just needed uh, to be upgraded. It just needed a vision. And I think that's what we're starting to carry out at this time. And bring it into 2017 because that's sort of what happens. It's not just Scranton. That kind of, excuse the the, the, the lingo here, but that kind of stodgy old way of thinking of country clubs is not necessarily the way we think anymore that's right that you, model does not work no anymore. it doesn't and, uh, and i'm sure those older guys and ladies don't really always love it but you know mostly guys let's put it that let's mm-hmm. make it clear but they don't they, 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 they sometimes you know change is tough so i'm sure there's little kicking and and, and shoving there but it, I, it works i love of getting a complaint on a friday night that the grill room is too loud yeah, and it's too right, busy right. that's a <laughs> lovely problem to have. And that's it's one good. we're starting to have, and it's uh, hey. it's great. I mean, we we enjoy it. I love it. And Jess, you you're in charge, obviously, as events as the event coordinator. There's lots of stuff that go on in under the that roof. Many weddings. I know two people who are actually their their daughters are being married there in the next few months. And um, it's funny because I just heard both of them tell me that, and I'm like, oh my god, I love it because it made me think of even you know when I was doing all that planning. And it's it's wonderful. It's a it's a beautiful place. 
place. So you're not only looking for just those beautiful weddings to have where you can open the doors, but any type of events that anyone would go anywhere else to, you want these people to look at this um, Country Club of Scranton going forward. Oh, yeah. We have the ability to do several different kinds of events, um, in-house ones for our membership that are family-oriented. We have smaller specialized events. As well, we host several charity events, golf tournaments. Um, we do things with the Voluntary Action Center, the United Way, places like that, as well as weddings, smaller parties, and really all kinds of things that help our membership as well as uh, the community. Now tell me this, just and either one can answer. If you want to have a community event there, uh, it, it, that it doesn't obviously there's no membership for a, a nonprofit or someone to be I, I'm assuming so is that does that have to still be sponsored or how does that work now going forward it does require a member okay. sponsorship mm -hmm. okay and that's just protocol so that makes sense it is but it's a it's a small community and one thing I've learned in the 12 years of living in uh, northeastern oh, Pennsylvania yeah. everybody knows everybody uh -huh. so uh, yeah. right it, it's not a, it's not a difficult task absolutely well that's it's a good thing and I think it's beautiful and I am so thrilled that you you guys are making these changes and just so you know I, I told PJ I'm going to apply for the social membership because I I said how does that work now what and he gave me the whole rundown on that which is I I, I love so I'm very excited because I think it's a great place oh, so thank you we will be up so tell everyone if out there who are listening if they need to call or get in touch what's the best way to do that well there's two ways of doing that you can call the club directly uh, at our uh, main switchboard number which is uh, 570 586-2311 or visit uh, our club's website at www.ccscranton.com and uh, you can fill out your information, tell us who you are, uh, tell us what your interests, interests are and we will be in touch with you very quickly. Good. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Jess. You did a great job. And Greg, thank you. Very informative. And we learned something. See, a little bit of history was also taking place here. So thank you. And good luck with all of your changes. And I hope I see you guys lots in the near future. Okay? Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for coming down. Thank you. busy outside with that traffic. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> okay, everybody, we will see you next week. We appreciate you listening. Lynn, you didn't say much during that. I monopolized that whole did, conversation. Indeed. There we go. <laughs> anyway, she'll t she talked more about long earlier so we're okay so anyway thanks everybody we'll see you next week be safe and be nice bye bye, bye. this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.